to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome back to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. This is part of the Stoppage Time Soccer Show podcasting network. Uh, this is our second episode of the week. We did one breaking down the two friendlies that the U.S. men's team played, and I was joined by Logan Stump, who also is on our main show of Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We have some playoff look-ahead stuff. We have some really cool uh, other news that is coming down the pipe here, and we have the uh, end-of-the-season awards that we're going to be going over. So... Um, and that all started with uh, the Comeback Player of the Year. MLS Comeback Player of the Year 2020 was won by LAFC forward Bradley Wright Phillips. That was announced last Friday on the 13th. Um, he scored eight goals and six assists in the 18 games with 14 starts. Uh, he played a big role in keeping LAFC afloat while Diego Rossi, um, I mean, while Carlos Vela was out for uh, most of the year injured. He won first place. Kevin Molino came in second for Minnesota. Milton Valenzuela for Columbus Crew was in third in the voting. Um, You know, last year, Jordan Morris won it after coming back from injury. 2018, Giassi Zardes won it. So, uh... Those are the last few winners. Uh, they have it all the way back to 2000 here on the MLS website. So if you want to read all of the names, you can find them on MLSsoccer.com. We also had here the uh, 2020 MLS Newcomer of the Year. Uh, this started in 2007. Players that have won this in the past are... Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Miguel Almiron, Nicolas Ladero, Sebastian Giovinco, Diego Valeri, uh, so Freddie Montero. Lots of uh, great players on here. And Columbus Crews' Lucas Zellerayan has won the 2020 MLS Newcomer of the Year. He's got six goals and four four assists across his 16 appearances with 12 starts. Um, and he also has uh, an AT&T Goal of the Year candidate during the MLS's back tournament. So that uh, 
There it is. Uh, number two on the list was Robert Barrick from Chicago, Alan Polito from SKC, and fourth place is Philadelphia's Jose Martinez. Philadelphia Union's Andre Blake was named the 2020 MLS Goalkeeper of the Year. Uh, so during this run for the Supporter Shield, uh, the stingiest MLS defense of the season, only 20 goals against. Uh, is listed here. Um, he also posted a 0.778% save percentage and 0.88 goals allowed average, uh, which is both league best for goalkeepers with 20 more appearances for the year. Uh, he also led goalkeepers with 13 wins, and it would have, as it points out here, would have most likely been higher had the Union not had him absent for the last two games of the season. He won handedly 44% of the total votes he got there. Uh, Matt Turner from New England got second place. Eloy Room got third place in the goalkeeper of the year. It's Andre Blake's second goalkeeper of the year. Uh, last year, um, Minnesota United's Vito Mano, uh, Manone, uh, if I said that right, and then Zach Steffen in 2018, Tim Melia in 2017, and then Andre Blake in 2016 as well. So the new award here is the Young Player of the Year, formerly Rookie of the Year. Uh, LAFC forward Diego Rossi has been named the 2020 Young Player of the Year. Um, he previously won the Golden Boot uh this season 14 goals four assists and he is the youngest MLS player in history to win the golden boot um yeah so he he also won the golden boot during the MLS's back uh tournament young player of the tournament and named in the best 11 of the MLS's back tournament and he won this he just edged out brendan aronson here is actually 29 percent of the vote to diego rossi uh brendan aronson with 28 percent daryl dk in third with 10 percent all right coach of the year this is the ziggy smith coach of the year named after the former uh seattle coach uh, she, uh, ziggy schmidt Jim Curtin won the Coach of the Year award for helping the Union get their first ever trophy. He won this by plenty of votes. 43% of the vote goes to Jim Curtin, while 24% go to Oscar Perea and 4% to Greg Vanny. Previous Coaches of the Year, Bob Bradley last year for LAFC, Tata Martino in 2018 for Atlanta, Greg Vanny for Toronto FC in 2017. Oscar Perea did get it back in 2016. So great, uh, great for the union to have their coach of the year candidate there and winner. Uh, Nashville SC's Walker Zimmerman was named the 2020 MLS Defender of the Year. That was announced yesterday. Uh, he was acquired uh, by the expansion team in February with a trade with LAFC. And it sounds like with how everything went here, he went ahead and got uh, LAFC are getting more money for him now for hitting incentives. 
He did win by a lot, though, actually. 28% of the vote for Walker Zimmerman. Mark McKenzie came in second with 23% of the vote. And actually, Mark McKenzie won the player vote. uh, More of the players voted for Mark McKenzie than Walker Zimmerman, but the club vote and the media votes gave it to Walker Zimmerman. Last year's winner was Ike Parra for Minnesota. Aaron Long back in 2018. Ike Parra again in 2017. It's your history there. That is all of the end of the season awards for the players. We have Ishmael Alfaf was the MLS referee of the year. He won by a large margin over Joe Dickerson and Jair Marufo. Last year was Alan Chapman, Alan Kelly back in 2018, Alan Chapman back in 2017. And then the assistant referee of the year was Catherine Nesbitt, which is the first um, uh, woman to win the end-of-year recognition. Um, so that's uh, that's really cool. Um she was her. She made her first bit of officiating history as an assistant referee in the MLS's back tournament. Uh, with that assignment, she became the first woman to ever be named to a league final officiating crew. Um, so she's had 30 assignments in all positions this year, which was double her total in the last two seasons. Uh, she made her MLS debut in 2015 which is really cool. Brian Dunn won that award last year. I think there's some other trivia here about uh, Catherine Nesbitt as well. She was a, or is, a chemistry teacher at Towson University, which is my alma mater. So if she is, uh, I'm not sure if she's still there or not. Um, No, it looks like she left Towson in 2019, but that's still pretty cool that she was uh, a Towson professor. Go Towson Tigers. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and move on to, before we preview the season here, uh, the, the, the playoffs, we do have the much-anticipated top 25 selling jerseys of MLS. So let's take a look at this. Number one, should be no surprise, Carlos Vela. Gets first place there. Number two is Chicharito. Not been a good stint really for Chicharito, but he uh, has the name power. He's up there. He's on LA Galaxy, so it's a very popular shirt, I'm sure. He's number two. Number three, Joseph Martinez. Okay, so he's only played like one game before he hurt himself, and he is still number three on the top selling jerseys. Number four, Jordan Morris for Seattle. I should probably get myself a Jordan Morris jersey at some point. I am a big Jordan Morris fan, so that would be uh, that'd be wonderful. Number five, Rodolfo Pizarro for Miami. Number six, Gonzalo Higuain. So remember, Higuain didn't start the season at Miami, so uh, that's jumped up all the way up to number six. Nani for Orlando. Number seven, Raul Ruiz Diaz. Number eight for Seattle. Blaze Matuidi, number nine for Miami. Uh, number 10, Brendan Aronson for Philadelphia Union. Kind of a shocking one up there. Diego Valeri, number 11 for Portland. Number 12, Alejandro Bedoya for the Union, the captain. Uh, number 13, Diego Chara of Portland. Alan Polito takes the 14th spot for SKC. Number 15, Nicholas Ladero uh, for Seattle. 16, Edison Flores for DC United. Diego Rossi. 
number 17 for LAFC. Uh, Johnny Russell, number 18 for SKC. Chris Wondolowski up in 19th place. Jonathan Dos Santos, number 20 for LA Galaxy. Christian Pavon, number 21 for LA Galaxy. Walker Zimmerman, Defender of the Year, number 22 on the best-selling jerseys list. Uh, Lucas Zellerayan, number 23. Christian Roldan, number 24. And Ezekiel Barco, number 25. Interesting jersey list. I'm actually re- very surprised by some of these names. I'm actually really surprised by Chris Wondolowski. Uh, I am a big Wando fan as well, so to see him up there at number 19, I don't know if some of it's because people thought maybe this is his last season. It sounds like he does want to continue playing next year. But I think it's a good sign when you have new players like Lucas Zellerayan, uh, and Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain, Pizarro up on the list here selling jerseys. Chicharito, uh, I think that's a good sign uh, that it's uh, we're pulling in good players into this league. Um, transfer tracker: So Premier League and Bundesliga clubs are showing interest in the Philadelphia Union's Kai Wagner. Um, per a source from Christian Dyer here on Twitter, he posted this on the 16th that EPL clubs are starting to show serious interest in Kai Wagner. He's the left back for the Philadelphia Union. He's had a great few seasons with the club when Ernst Tonner brought him over. Uh, West Ham and Fulham are among the clubs who are tracking Wagner and could make a transfer bid soon. A couple of Bundesliga clubs are also with interest, and the club has already received some offers at this point. Uh, there was also rumors that this could be like a $4 million, $3 million, maybe $3 million uh, or 3 million euro, $4 million type of uh, bid, which would be great. This, this shows that the union are doing things that are working. You're bringing in players. I think he was playing in the second or third division of Germany. You bring in those players over. You're developing them. You're showcasing them off. And you're flipping them. And then hopefully you have a left back that can come in and, you know, do the job. So, or that you can reinvest that money and find somebody else the same way that you found Kai. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I'm very interested um, as a union fan here to see how that works, but I think it's good for the team. It's good for the league as well. It's going to make more of those players maybe come from Europe to MLS thinking, well, I'm not making it much right now. What if I go over there, put in my time for two to three years and get flipped and get sent over to another um, you know, to another team here. Um, and, you know, if he goes there, that's a that's a different pattern. We don't really see a lot of Europe to MLS to Europe. It's a lot more of the South America, Central America to MLS to Europe. So this would be really cool to kind of see that going back and forth. All right. Uh, before we get into the playoff games, again, still got some stuff to cover here. Christian Pulisic injury update real quick here. Uh, they call it a problematic injury. He's still out. He's not going to be playing this weekend in the Premier League. Sounds like he's going to be withheld for another week or two. They try to take it a little slower there for him. All right, the new team, Austin FC, which starts their season this upcoming year, 2021. Uh, This was the team that, for people that don't know, Columbus Crew, former owner, Anthony Precourt, was kind of being a shady businessman and kept wanting to move the crew to Austin. 
Well, we were able, and by we, I mean the fans. The fans really kept pushing and pressuring them to make a sale of the crew to somebody uh, in Columbus to keep them there. And then MLS has offered uh, pre-corked a franchise in Austin. And this is Austin FC. Uh, I I think they have a really good crest, actually. I know some people were not a big fan of it. Um, I like that it's not just a circle. Which has kind of become the norm lately. While I do like the Union Circle, and I, I kind of ended up liking Charlotte's that was revealed. Uh, th- there's been this pattern recently of a lot of circle crests. Um, they revealed their jersey on Wednesday, and I think it is a very good jersey. I, I really do. This is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's green and black stripes. So if you know what Atlanta United's jersey looks like, especially their first year jersey where it's five stripes on the front. Uh, and it was black and red. This is green and re- uh, green and black, and it looks uh, very good. Usually, anything with stripes looks really good, especially if it's black stripes and not the white stripes. This is a very good jersey. It's got a Yeti sponsor, not the fictional uh, mythical uh, the sponsor there. Um, it's a really good, very simple uh, Adidas uh, jersey. And I would not be uh, sad to to get one of these if if somebody wants to send me one. (laughs) Not that they will. Um, But, yeah, this is is really good. They're going to introduce a second jersey that's going to be announced before the season starts. But this one is available. You can buy it on Adidas' website. I think you can get it on Austin's website, which is austinfc.com. Yep, you can go to uh, shop. And the jersey's right there. All right. Like I said, it looks really good. So hopefully uh, hopefully it does well. Okay. Um, we also have another rebrand. Well, not another, but this is a rebrand. Houston Dynamo has changed their crest to this kind of, I guess, hexagon. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, whatever one's the sixth side. Um. Kind of looks like if you want to picture like the San Francisco Giants logo for uh, baseball, interlocking letters. Uh, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but that's what it looks like. H and D for Houston Dynamo with a little lightning bolt at the bottom. I think it looks all right. Uh, they got, they changed their name to Houston Dynamo FC. I think it was just Houston Dynamo before. Um. And they also revealed a new logo for the Houston Dash, which is the uh, NWSL team owned by the same same ownership. Uh, it's all right. I think it looks okay, but this is this was not the issue. The issue was not the crest. The issue was that they're not spending money and they're not putting that out on the uh, field for people to actually show up to games for Houston. So I, I don't I don't think that that's going to make uh, probably too much of a difference in how they play. Uh, also, just quickly here, they did announce that, uh, or it came out that Chicago Fire, who just rebranded for this season, I think it was, uh, that they are changing their crest again. Um, that crest was not a hit. We will say that much. A lot of people did not like that Chicago Firecrest. I don't really like the Chicago Firecrest, but it's just nice to know that 
it is changing and that the fans, Chicago fans and just MLS fans as a whole, have had a say in this by saying it's not good enough. And that the Chicago Fire ownership is hearing that and saying, you know what? We agree. We have to do this. We have to change it. Uh, you know, you, you would... Ha- I guess it doesn't instill the confidence in the fans that you're going to get it right the second time if you couldn't get it right the first time. When they had a really good logo before with the, with the you know, Chicago Fire, look like a fire department type crest. It looked nice. Um, maybe they can freshen up something like that. But definitely the crown logo, as they call it, is not not the crest for them. Okay. So we have some playoff matches coming up here on Friday. That's tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. The 8th seed in the East against uh, the New England Revolution versus the ninth seed in the East, Montreal Impact. That's on FS1 in the USA. Um going to be played at Gillette Stadium since, uh, you know, one, because they're hosting, but also uh, Montreal couldn't host anything anyway. They're not allowed in their country uh, if they're playing this. So uh, that's going to be an interesting game. I think I think the Revs get through that one. I think the Rev- Revolution get through that one. No problem. Um, if they do, and if Nashville wins the next game, then that means that the Revolution would face the Union again. Um, let's talk about the next game. Friday at 9 o'clock, Nashville SC versus Inter-Miami. That's the 7, Nashville SC, versus the 10, Inter-Miami. That's on ESPN2 in the United States. Uh, these are two um, you know, expansion teams for this season. Both of them qualified for the playoffs. And we're going to see how they uh, how they can handle this. Uh, how can they do it? Can they you know make it through? Uh, you know Miami really did not start off the season well, losing their first five games, which was um, at you know I think the worst start to a expansion team. So the fact that they even made the playoffs was you know pretty good. Uh, Nashville, I think they look pretty okay at times. Uh, they play you know solidly defensively, which is. Uh, 22 goals against. Joe Willis is the goalkeeper. He's been around the league a lot. You got Walker Zimmerman, uh, who was, uh, you know, defender of the season. Um, Dax McCarty, who's been around the league as a captain in, like, every single team that he's, you know, uh, moving around on. Chicago, Red Bulls, D.C. Um, yeah, Mukhtar, who's been scoring. I mean... It, you know, it's it's going to be Cadiz has been yonder Cadiz has been scoring. So you're going to have some pretty pretty good matchup here against the Miami team. That while they have the stars Gonzalo uh, Higuain, um, Federic Higuain, um, uh, Matuidi, Leandro Gonzalez Perez. You know, you have some stars here uh, on Miami, but. They haven't really put it together a lot. Maybe that's something that's going to change. Maybe they'll turn the tide here on this game, but I don't know if I see that. So I think for this, I'm going to say Nashville wins. So if Nashville wins and the New England Revolution win, then Nashville is going to go to Toronto. Not actually Toronto, but they'll play against Toronto. And then the Union would get the Revolution. 
So for the two games tomorrow, they are going to be uh, playing again on Tuesday, November 24th, whether it's Philly versus Montreal, Toronto versus Nashville, or Toronto versus Montreal. You know, however it goes. Uh, Because I think I just butchered that matchup there. But those are the games for Friday. Saturday, we have Orlando versus NYCFC. That's on Unimas at 12 o'clock. Orlando's the four seed. NYCFC is the five seed. I, I have I, I think Orlando can do this. Oscar Preya has really turned this team around. They also got a promising young player in Daryl DK. They got Nani. They got uh, you know they got a good team this year that I think can go out and put one past NYCFC. And what's really intriguing about this is that this these are expansion teams from 2015 battling it out. This is Orlando's first time in the playoffs. NYCFC has been there a few times, but it kind of reminds me of this Nashville uh, inner Miami. Uh, matchup also on saturday columbus versus the red bulls that's the three seed columbus versus the red bulls which is the six seed that's saturday november 21st at 3 p.m eastern that's also on unimas in tudn uh columbus crew i i think the crew have to win that game i don't think the red bulls have enough their manager is actually going to be managing their first game ever since of uh, covid restrictions it took them a lot to come in after he got hired um, but I think the crew win it and move on to the next round. And Sunday, we have Sporting Kansas City, which is the one seed in the West, versus the eight seed San Jose. That's on FS1. Um, that's Sunday, November 22nd at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I think we have to go with SKC on that one. San Jose is kind of very on and off, and they can win. They can also get killed for nothing. So I'm going to go with SKC for that prediction there. Uh, round one as well in the West, number four, Minnesota versus number five, Colorado. That's uh, Sunday, November 22nd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. ESPN is where you can watch that game. I'm going with Minnesota here. Uh, you know, Kevin Molino has been, uh, you know, he was up there for comeback player of the year. He's had a good season. I think Minnesota and, you know, Adrian Heath has that Minnesota team going pretty well. They're they're typically a, a good team nowadays. I uh, Colorado, with all their COVID issues, uh, they did go on a hot streak near the end of the season where they were beating like Seattle, Portland, and stuff like that. But I think I'm going to go with Minnesota there. For the last game of the weekend, Sunday, November 22nd at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, number three, Portland versus number six, FC Dallas. That's on ESPN the USA, and I'm going to go with Portland there as well. Um, so if that happens, then that means uh, that is all the games through Sunday. There are two more or three more uh, round one games. That's Seattle versus LAFC on Tuesday. Philadelphia versus the play-in winner. Toronto versus the play-in winner. But we'll go over those probably on Monday or Tuesday before. Um, or probably Sunday. Sunday I could probably put out, well, probably Monday sometime during the day that they'll be released where we can take a look at those before the game on Tuesday. Uh, just one last thing before we get out of here. Um, Major League Soccer is targeting an early March start to the 2021 season. This was put out uh, last Friday. 
despite the uncertainty brought on by the impact of the COVID pandemic. Uh, Mark Abbott told the media last Friday that they're starting a, targeting an early March start. Um, so that's as usual. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we'll see if it actually happens that way. You know, one last thing with how the playoffs are going to be working out. If a game is canceled due to some sort of COVID issue, they're going to try to reschedule it. If they cannot reschedule it, then they are going to, the team that has the outbreak is going to take the forfeiture. So we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully it doesn't affect everything that much, but we'll, we'll certainly see how that plays out for us. Um, so, you know, hopefully, um, nothing like that happens, but you got to be prepared for those type of circumstances. Well, that about wraps us up here. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at stateside show or the main show at stoppage show on Twitter. Uh, Instagram stoppage time soccer show, facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show, or email us stoppage time show at gmail.com and have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the games. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.